a house civis broadcasting. Today is the 13th of Trivago in the year of our kingdom 998. We're going to be real with you all, all, all of our listeners across Yarn. This is a real somber beginning to today's echo. And for good reason. And we're going to do our best to make this feel okay, make it feel normal in the tail end of this broadcasting. But unfortunately, we can't start that way. Before we begin our uh, John T. intro music um I'm, I'm sure many of you remember, uh, a few weeks back, we had reported on one of our subscribes uh, going missing. Delightful Trad. He has been found. Or, or rather, part of him ha- has been found. His, uh, his jacket of his uniform and, um... It has uh, a letter for us on the back. We debated whether or not we should read this letter, and we reached out to the watch. And we're hoping that by letting this person know that we hear them, maybe we can bring this to a happy end. So we're going to read that letter now. Uh, it, it reads, um, <clears throat> Your words... Like a knife can sting, but we must be tested so the truth can be known. I remain your herald, my brother and my sister. I have heard the echoes and how you too have turned your resounding truths to crystal fall. I... Heed you, O voice of Sibis. It stings when you told me not to reach you. But words must, and as mine cannot be spoken, so must the message spread in whatever ways it can. I serve you. My silence spreads so that your words can be heard. Yours to command. No subscribe needed. Terius Takito Torlin Abolisher of the 918th word. Your keeper. Terius, I'm glad that we heard from you again. I I knew that that first letter we got wasn't going to be the only one. And we're we're glad that you reached out again. I I would love. I know that I said we couldn't talk and meet the first time because of circumstances, but I'd love to see you if we could arrange some sort of meeting. You don't need our subscribe there to get a message to us. We will make sure that we track you down and that we talk. We We want that. I want you to be heard by us and be here with us. We would love to rectify this situation. 
You've got some gnome who we employ. We we would like him safe home with his family, and then we could talk about employing you, maybe. See, see what we could do. If um any of our listeners happen to know the whereabouts of either Trad or this fanatic, then please reach out to us as soon as you can. Any of you who are in the lower portions of the city, listening in one of the many taverns, might notice that there is some extra muscle standing near our subscribes. We have hired out House Denise and the Clifftop Guild and the Death Watch Guild. Just, uh, just in case to keep our subscribes safe. And you know, why, why don't you, uh, since you're already looking their way, go ahead and, uh, go over and, um, give them, give them a, a big old hug. Cause I'm sure they need it. <clears throat> now, if, if you do, uh, want to reach out to us, there's... A bunch of ways to do it, um, through our gnome mail, um, through, uh, the, the, the bird thing, the, the bird thing, the... Uh, Twitter. Twitter. Um, we just, uh, started a, um, uh, it's, it's this tavern, um, ca- called the, the Discord ta- Tavern. Uh, we've, we've got a club room in there now that, uh, we go to, and, um... We would also like to thank all of our patrons, um, who, um, are really cool people, and, um, we want to assure them that all of the money from our Patreon is going to be going towards Trad's family, and recovering whatever is left, <clears throat> finding Trad, <laughs> Silas, could you... you, We're not stopping. We're going to keep doing this because this is what we love to do. And again, if you are out there and you can hear us, let him go. We'd be delighted to talk to you in person, and you don't have to go through an intermediary. But know that if you don't, there is no place in any of the corners of Corvair where you will be safe. I will track you to the depths of Kyber. I will spare no expense. You have a member of our family, and we don't take that lightly. So after um, this brief uh, musical break, (laughs) we'll be going over some uh, Luffy's Advice Corner questions. I've missed those these past weeks. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about the Sovereign Host. On today's today's broadcasting. broadcasting... of a Chronicle of Echoes. And we're back. 
I want to thank all of you for staying with us. We're going to read some silly Luffy's asks and try and turn today around. Not just for us, but I think for you as well. Because even when you're going through a lot, you can still try and make the day a good one. And nothing's going to make it easier with what we're going through, but again, we're, we're going to do our best. Hey, Silas. Um, I've, I've actually got a, a Silas's serious section question. That is not a thing. We've talked about I don't enjoy the alliteration. How many Jurassic therapists does it take to change a mage light? Why would a Jurassic therapist be changing a mage? I don't. Just one therapist, but the mage light has to want to change. That is a terrible joke. You're a terrible joke. I mean that. Look at me. Leaves thinks that my statement with it was funny. Okay, I've got another one. Is it, this another horrible no. joke? I can feel it. No, it pertains to the topic of today's Eckhart too. Why do you think that paladins wear chainmail? I don't know, Luffy. Why? Because it's, it's holy armor. Because the skull of wolves in it. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> you. It's only funny because it's the worst. They're absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> hey, Silas. No, I'm not going to do this the whole time. This is ridiculous. Why? Why did you go to Zedric the last time? I don't know, Luffy. Why did to I go? To get a Zen drink. You don't even need to set them up. You just need to... Yeah, I, I, I don't need to be a part of this. Just read them. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? Fine. If we're going to do terrible jokes, I've got one for you. A bear walks into a Carnathy bar and says, I'll have a beer and some of those pretzels. Uh, the bartender asks, why the big pause? Because <laughs> he's a bear. Th- thank you for your dumb jokes. They they were nice. They were nice. Made my heart feel warm. Made it feel a little easier, yeah. Let, let's do Hold these. Meep, Meep said he's got one. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, we can't, we can't tell that one. <laughs> That's a good one, though. Ooh, oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> it's a, oh. <laughs> we will be taken down very quickly. You keep making jokes like that. We should go ahead and do the Luffy's ask. That's why we're here. Uh, let's give it a shot. All right, then, Silas, go ahead and do the first one. I'm ready. Hello, Aluffy and Silas. I know that all people are complex and can have multiple allegiances, but you two seem much more brellish than House Civis. I know you work for the House, but your identities seem more tied to Sharn and Breland. Given that Dragonmark House members are not citizens of any nation, although they are treated equally or better under the laws of Thronehold, 
nations, why are you so attached to one country? Sincerely and gratefully, Curious from Corinth. P.S. A Luffy, you are cuter than a button. If there's an Aloofy dating game, count me in. P.P.S. Sorry if this is a sore subject for Silas. They went all in on the alliteration on that one. I Why? Why? Curious from Corinth. Sore subject for Silas? So, to answer your question, Curious from Corinth, well, Silas and I are members of the House of Civis. It's important to know that our listeners, you yourself, are not members of a Dragonmark house or of House Civis. Currently, the Echors work entirely and only in the city of Sharn because of the Manifest Zone here. It makes the Echoers work. And believe me, we are definitely trying to work on ways to get the Echoers out to more places across Corvair and who knows, maybe even across all of Eberron. But right now, it's easier for us to focus on what would the citizens of Sharn want to listen to? Would they want to listen to two stuffy, rude, Dragon Mark House members talking about how, you know, all of the nations are silly and what's the whole point of the last war except for to make money for the Dragon Marked Houses and that, hey, maybe that's actually, you know, a solid reason for the last war. Do we want to get into conspiracy theories like that? I'm sure some people would enjoy that, but that's not really what we're here to do. I talk mostly as a member of House Civis who has barely left Brayland and has grown up in Sharn. I may be a member of House Civis, and I may not hold any allegiances to Brayland as a country, but Sharn is my home, and it has been for almost half a century. Having spent time on the battlefields and facing off against other nations, having spent uh, almost an entire year in an Andarian prison camp, I think I can safely say I prefer Brayland over many others because I was born Braylish. While I'm a member of the house, absolutely, Brayland is my home even when the house isn't. And I think that matters. I could easily pack up all of my things and move to Korth, but my home would still be Sharn. I couldn't do it. It's too uncomfortably cold there. I'd have to invest in sweaters yeah, and yeah like the whole yeah. the whole shebang i i agree entirely but i could have to just be grim the whole time what would i report oh no another day in court and another person is dead <laughs> and is now an undead this is the law this is how we are no you're laughing we can't laugh this is court we don't laugh in court <laughs> we don't do that anymore what have fun no i agree they don't <laughs> Silas, you gotta be nice. Alright, so let's go on to another letter. Dear Luffy, as a practical joke, my friend and I switched places at their wedding. You know, we swapped appearances and pretended to be the other for the day. Since I was the maid of honor, it worked out pretty well until we walked into the church and their betrothed didn't notice. I made it kinda easy too, even changed my voice halfway through, but nothing helped. I managed to get through the rest of the night, but I've spoken to my friend, 
and they want to call off the engagement. What do we do? Signed, married, to oblivious. Okay, this is a real doozy. Um, so I guess like a few things. First and foremost, hilarious prank. Secondly, kind of a mean prank. Thirdly, when you do a prank, you gotta understand the consequences of your actions, you know? So if the groom did find out that technically they married a person who was not the person they thought that they married, um, how do you think that that would make them feel? Definitely not like the best. I would be upset if that were me. But also, it's understandable for your friend to want to call off the wedding. Or the marriage, I suppose, at this point. Kind of. I mean, they can't technically do that because you're technically married to them. There's a lot of legal gray area when it comes to this. I would just like that to be noted because the intent was there and the person was there at that moment in time it's a very very comp I, I i don't yeah this is a difficult one so i think that um get a big old bowl a spiked punch sit down with a bunch of sneaky snacks and like talk about everything because again a funny joke solidly hilarious but at the same time potentially very hurtful also maybe illegal yeah i don't know how to feel about that one well luckily we don't have to we'll talk about it during this beautiful interlude was that your segue yes about the Silver Flame and Silver Flame Holidays. We have even dabbled with the Dark Six, but we have been largely neglecting today's topic and one of the largest religions on Corvair, the Sovereign Host. It is odd. I consider myself a casual follower of the Host. I was raised in the light of the Nine, not sure when I fell out of daily worship. Uh, I think that just happens sometimes. But it's surprising that we haven't talked about it sooner. So we were taught as kids that our marks are because we were blessed by the host. Personally, I'm a follower of the nine and an appeaser of the six. I think that worshiping the sovereigns all of them is a good idea um keep the bad at bay and hope for something better 
I kept a little fear of the six, and I personally have a fondness for the silver flame beliefs, but the host and I have a complicated relationship, I guess. Silas, uh, you've got enough fear for the six for all of Sharn. <laughs> they are petty and vengeful. I don't see being fearful of them as a bad thing. Wild night and long shadows kind of highlighted just how bad your fear is of the six. So I'm going to disagree completely. I have been working on being better and you know, today being a little af- is not about the six. All right. It is about the host. Now, for those not in the know, who knows? You know, maybe you've got amnesia. The Sovereign Host is a pantheon composed of nine individual gods, all worshipped typically as a collective. Uh, You will find temples and holidays to each of them, and people do occasionally worship them individually, but overall, most people follow the doctrine of the Divine Host. That doctrine states that the Sovereign Host is one name and speaks with one voice. The gods are the letters of that name, and the sounds of that voice. Which just means that they should be treated as a singular instead of pieces. Or, not not quite, I, I suppose more like an orchestra rather than a bunch of different soloists. Exactly. That is one of the main tenets that make up the Pyrrhanian Creed. So let's let's assume that our listeners don't worship the host. Let's assume they have no idea about the different sects, different, you know, all of that. What is the Pyrrhanian Creed? Oh, uh, well, it's the most recognized form of the host. If you meet a follower, they may have different beliefs, but the Pyrrhanian is the basic core that unites most of them. It's named after some early hero of the faith. I've met followers from other creeds, and it feels weird. How so? What do you mean? Well, uh, I've met people who believe in the reunified host, where the six are included, or the Church of the Ascendant Worm and Stormreach. They believe the hosts were dragons. Well, a lot of cultures think that the hosts were different races. Uh, the orcs, the Dakani, uh, even, even the giants of Zendrek. True, but that particular sect believed that if you amass enough coin, you can ascend to a better realm than Dolor, and that feels weird to me. We should talk about Dolor, but let's talk about the pieces that make up the whole of the holy host first. (laughs) You good? Yeah. All right, then. The host is made up of nine gods. Growing up, I learned a simple mnemonic to keep track of it. Uh, Babadook. I I don't know where Babadook came from, but it stuck with me. Let's see how well you know your host, Luffy. Up first is B, so Balinar. Balinar, sovereign of Horn and Hunt. Kind of like a woodsy loner guy. Obviously loved by hunters and beasts, blah, blah, blah. Followed by A, Arroway. Sovereign of life and love. She is the patron of fertility, 
but also like the pretty sides of nature, like good weather, good harvests, kind of like a mother nature type. I see her as kind of like a love not hate type of person. And back to B. So we move to Bouldry. Sovereign of Hall and Hearth, big on family and community. Her spirit is what brings people together and makes them work for the good of all. Big proponent of the power of friendship. I imagine her like like as the heart of the group, you know, like like heart. You know, like heart. And then the other A is Orion. Sovereign of law and lore. The first wizard who revealed magic to all of the world. Super like brainy glasses guy all the way. He does like the like the two finger glasses adjust. Like like this silent like like he does like at this like <laughs> like when he's thinking like he does okay so for everyone listening I'm taking like my middle two fingers and I'm pushing my glasses up my nose and looking sideways and and so just like imagine that I'm like pushing my glasses up my nose and I look really smart and there's like glass like like shinies on the glass like <laughs> like I'm so smart. I don't have any. You know, uh, up next is the two Ds. So uh, the first one of which is Dolara. Sovereign of Sun and Sacrifice. She's a battle tactician loved by those who fight with honor and make sacrifices and seek justice. Tira Mirren was actually a devotee to Dolara. So I kind of imagine Dolara with like a similar kick butt attitude like she leads the host to do what's right at all costs you describing them based on character archetypes it's almost like character archetypes are based on tropes that came up not only in fiction but also religion and real life Tira Mirren clearly was embodying all that Dolora is so Dolora must be similar to her okay the other D is Doldorn. Sovereign of strength and steel. He represents soldiers and combatants. Those skilled with strength or weapons. Clearly the muscle, but also kind of like kind, like a like a big strong man who's got a heart of gold. Kind of a little bit dumb. He's also the patron of Brightblade, which is coming up. It's the best holiday. All those strong glistening competitors with their deltoids and their pectorals well and their i'm gonna request that off this year i don't want to be around for that at all and, and you're still going will you not will you not so we have the double o's aladra sovereign of feast and fortune she gives out luck and joy She's loved by risk takers and gamblers and entertainers. I'm guessing she is your favorite. Not quite, but we'll talk about that after. Any further analysis for her? Oh, she's definitely like the cool one. Like, she's always showing up everybody else, but they don't get mad at her. And she's not like doing it out of spite. She's just like the cool one, you know? All right. Uh, Onatar is the other O. Sovereign of Fire and Forge. If you make things, he's your guy. 
big Kenneth energy with this guy. He's kind of like the person you go to when you need a thing created. Just like really helpful all the time and just wants to wants to be there for you. And then lastly is K for Kolkaran. Sovereign of world and wealth. Kolkaran is the one who protects merchants and travelers. He's a member of the host, but is kind of like the shady one, you know? Like, if he can put a coin in his pockets, he's going to. Often going to, like, super long and elaborate lengths. Okay, is he your favorite? Uh, no. Uh, growing up, I was always a fan of Balinar. I often imagine in another life, I was a big game hunter, tracking down legendary beasts. Hmm, I wouldn't have guessed that. Well, what can I say? I'm full of surprises. You got a lot right, but I would like to note one thing. The host doesn't just influence their aspects of divinity. According to the doctrine of universal sovereignty, as is the world, so are the gods. As are the gods, so is the world. So, Arroway doesn't influence crops. She is the seed, the wheat, and the harvest. And of course, in addition to the doctrines, there are the core beliefs of the host. Uh, the first and foremost is the sovereign host is always present. And then the second is the sovereign shape the world and their hand is in all things. No proof is needed, for the proof is in the world. That feels like something that is intentionally written to be hard to argue with. Most likely. The third is, the sovereigns give strength and guidance to those who listen, and instinct and intuition are their voices. When one is heard most clearly, that one should be followed. It's all very broad statements like that. Do you feel like any of the the host has spoken to you? I did. Uh, growing up, I felt like the voices I heard were them, and it was a nice feeling, that sense of certainty. What do you think the voices are now? If I'm hearing voices, I assume it's you and Kevin. Not Meeps? No, um, Meeps is my happy thoughts. I, I wouldn't imagine him being a negative influence telling me to do awful things. You two would be the voices there. Followers of the Sovereign Host believe that they go to the plane of Delore after death. Um, I mean, everybody really knows what Delore is, but in case you don't, um, the planar symbol for Delore is actually the octogram, or like the, um, like the holy symbol for the Sovereign Host. Delore, I think, was the hardest part of the faith for me. It is a place of despair and apathy. Souls that go there begin to faint. I read a book from someone who had ventured there. They said sounds and color begin to slowly drip away. And you feel yourself drawn into the bleak. And the souls trapped there forget their lives. Good or bad, that is your fate. And for me, that is the one part of the faith I personally did not like. It, it does seem a little unfair. That no matter the mark we make on the world, no matter what, we're just going to be there. But I think that's where other faiths kind of 
mark themselves different from the Sovereign Host. The Silver Flame believes that when you die, you join the flame. Um, what what is it with the the Talentin? Uh, um, the the mask thing, the thing with the the mask. When you die and your mask is burned, you get to go to Shavrath and fight for all eternity alongside your companions and the beast that you've made a pact with. It is a much nicer option to spend all eternity fighting on the plains alongside someone than to just fade off into nothing in the black. You know, we tried to end on a high note today. Sometimes when you're sad or when something hurts your heart, it's hard to not keep going back to a sad place. My my dad came home from an adventure and he had lost one of his best friends. And sometimes um, he'll still cry about it because sadness is like a ball in a box. And when when you're first sad about something, the ball is really, really big, and it keeps hitting this little rune on the inside of the box. And every time it hits that rune, it makes you sad. It makes you hurt. And over time, the ball gets smaller, but sometimes it still hits that rune, and sometimes it still makes you hurt. And whenever the ball does hit the rune, and you are sad, then... Well, from, from this little gnome at the tippy top of a tower speaking to you, let me just say that that is the moment when you need to listen out for those echoes of hope. Happy farm.